There we go. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank God, thank God. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so good to be with you. Those online that are live watching us, thank you for being with us. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Be glad that God allow us to rise up every day and have the opportunity to change our life and our destiny of who we are. God's got a great plan, a great purpose for your life. You're no mistake. You have fallen short. Get up. Don't quit. Don't give up. God is waiting on you. Amen? Amen. And you that are here, thank you for being here. What a church. <laughs> Clap. Yeah, hey, come on. What a church. What a church. Hey, there's, see, what we have to understand, people, there's nothing greater than God's church and God's people. Nothing. You know, thank you, Pastor Tim. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Thank you, Parkview. Thank you, all the staff and everyone and uh, those that are on other campuses. Thank you for what you do. Leaders, thank you for what you do. Because God is crazy about people and God is crazy about using people to make a difference here. Let us pray. Father, we love you, honor you, praise you. We give you glory. You're such a wonderful God. You're such a merciful God. There is no one like you. You have created us for this time. Father, we're in the great time to be able to lead people and tell them about your great love and your passion that you have for them and that you're waiting for them. No matter what habits, hang-ups, and issues we have, Father, you are the deliverer that set us free. And you bring us to wholeness and righteousness for your great purpose and your great plan. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Ha, I wasn't always like this. I was a pretty crazy guy. I was pretty lost. I was a womanizer. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. I was a sinner. I was rich. I was famous. Had it all. Lived behind a community engagement privilege. But I was saved by his amazing grace. And you that are here and you that are online, you are saved by God's amazing grace. Not by people, but by God himself, the creator of all things who created all of us for this great purpose and great plan of why we live here and why we come here. We come here to do his will and his purpose so others can come to know Jesus himself, so they can be redeemed and set free by the blood of the lamb that washes you and cleanses you and it restores you to wholeness and it educates you. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? You can get to all the education you want, but God, when God educates you, oh my God. <laughs> I'm not qualified to do this. I never went to school for this. But God called me out of a pit, out of my brokenness, to bring me into a poor pit to preach the gospel, to be transformed, to be changed, and liberated through his word, his great word. Most of us don't understand it. That's why the Bible says my people perish because of lack of knowledge, because we got earthly knowledge, but we don't have kingdom knowledge. I had it all. I did it all. But I had nothing. I put on a uniform. I beat up on the Cubs. <laughs> I also beat up on the Cardinals. <laughs> but it was just a game. It wasn't who I really was. I was created for this. God had already had a plan of his creation for me, and he has a plan for you too. It's when we decide to enter in and lay down our life and pick up our cross daily and follow him, deny ourselves, and saying, Jesus, you are Lord.
when you come to that place and you make that commitment, it will be the greatest commitment that you ever made for yourself. You will be able to taste and see that the Lord is good, him himself. Man cannot educate you. Man can help you. God always is going to use people to help people. That's his greatest gift. That's what he did back then. That's what Jesus did back then 2,000 years ago when he walked the earth. He picked disciples. God is always going to pick people. None of us is no different. We all come from the same place. All of us, no matter how great we become, we belong to God. And you that are online too, you belong to God. God loves you. God is crazy about people and he has the perfect plan for your life. See, my life was broken because my father was alcoholic and beat the crap out of me. He said I never mounted nothing, came home for the last time. He pulled out a shotgun when I was 13 and said he was going to kill the whole family. Me and my brothers went into action. We came this close to killing my father. It could have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put a uniform on. I was already broken. I already had scars. My pain led me to my greatness, but my greatness would eventually lead me to my destructive behavior. I don't matter who you are and what has happened in your life. It's not your fault. Because one man brought sin in, Adam. One man brought grace in for all. Jesus brought grace in for all of us so we could all be healed and restored to the right place. We can never be restored if we don't know who we are and we don't know that God will use us right where we are. See, I had no idea that God wanted to use me when I was hitting home runs and winning championships. I thought I had it going on. I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> but the devil lied to me. The devil deceived me, make me believe that. And Jesus talks about that in John 10, 10. Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Abundant life is not stuff. Abundant life is peace, joy, wisdom, knowledge, power. You get to use all that to help somebody else. See, we are here to help someone else. See, the God I wish you knew, the God of second chances, I wish you get to know this God that I'm talking about. And the God of second, third chances, no matter what has happened, no matter how far you've been down. I was in addiction. I was lost in addiction. I was stuck in a prison, jail cell, T17169, Florida State Prison, eight-time All-Star, four-time World Series, champ. Stuck in the prison. See, God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. See, sometimes we think we, we think we don't, we look at people and we don't know what's happening to them. But see, God had a whole different plan of what he was doing for me. See, he had to stop me every, every, every place he had to stop me. Just like he has to stop some of, most of us, you know, in, in different places to make us change, to make us come back. I'm telling you right there online, all of you here today, come back home, you that are lost. He's got a perfect plan for you. He's got the great master plan for you. Nobody else can have the master plan but God. See, had the Israelites known the plan that God had for them, they could have been in the promised land in 11 days. Some of you could be in the promised land, a new land that you don't even know about. See, I get to eat from a new land. Once we enter in with God, we get to eat from a new land. We become a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You get to eat from a land that you don't even know about. It is so cool to eat from a land that we don't know about because it's God's land. And when you come to that place, had the Israelites came to that place and, and looked at Moses, yeah, we all got issues. Am I in the right place? We all got issues. We all got struggles. We all got habits. We all got hangups. But they had them too. They were no different than we were. They were just a gener different generation of people. 
See, we, we, we get the benefits of having all the luxury we have here, homes, cars, and stuff like that. Jesus didn't have a home car. Jesus rode in on a donkey. <laughs> and he's the most amazing man that you will ever meet when you come to know him for yourself. Israelites could have been there. Moses had an anger problem. Moses had issues. He killed an Egyptian. He had struggles. But Moses couldn't speak, but he walked with meekness with God. See, God loves something about a person that can walk, come, come with humility and, and say, Lord, I can't do that. That's what Moses said. When God called me, I told him the same thing. Lord, I ain't preaching. I told God I wasn't preaching. He goes, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. He said, oh, yes, you are. Look who wins. You don't win when it comes to God, when God finally comes and get a hold of you and he tells you, okay, I am God and I need you to do this. This is not about you. This is about my kingdom. This is about people. And I believe that's what Moses was doing, God's will. The Israelites saw the miracle. They saw Moses part the Red Sea, two million come through. Pharaoh and his army come through and they get drowned in the Red Sea. And the Israelites still didn't believe Moses was a great leader, but he turns out to be a great leader because they could have been in the promised land. They complained so much. God sent them into the wilderness for another 40 years. Hello. God will leave you right where you're at if you won't answer the call. God left me right where I was at because I didn't answer the call. Second Chronicle 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That was me. First, I needed to know I was called. First, you need to know that you're called, not by man, but by God. You need to know that you're called. I believe Matthew 20, 16 said, the last, will, the last will be first, the first will be last. Many are called, but few are chosen. First, you need to know you're called, not by man. Some of us need to get to the place, turn the television off, it's not your answer. It's the Bible. See, the Bible talks about it, it says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. They won't pick up the word and, and they struggle and, and they struggle with life and they, and they can't get victory over their life. See, Christians, when you enter in with God, you, you will live a victorious life. Victory over the enemy. He cannot touch you. See, he can't, Satan can't touch my family because I'm in right standards with God. I'm aligned up with God so I can pray over my family. I can rebuke the devourer over my family because I know I'm called and the enemy has no authority. He has, the Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. It's through Christ Jesus I'm more than a conqueror. So the enemy can't touch my kids because see, dads, the enemy wants your kids. If the man is not right and lined up with God, the enemy gets to take your kids and he gets to deceive them and he gets to lead them out there into the life of new life that, that they're in, social media and, and loss and, and what's said on there and who likes who and who like who don't like who. Let me tell you something. Jesus loves you all. There's no one greater than Jesus loving you. You don't need anyone else but Jesus' love. So you need to know you're called, then you have to humble yourself. Humility, humble yourself. If one can't humble himself, he can never reach the promised land of God's purpose for his life. 
not until he walks into humility and humble himself. See, I, like I said, I've been privileged all my life. My kids have been privileged. They ain't never been in public schools, been in private schools, lived behind community gates. They've had everything. And I had everything, but I didn't know Jesus. I just had a bunch of stuff. Millions of dollars, stuff everywhere. Homes, nothing, empty, broken, empty in this side. Because money don't make you well. Money just buy you stuff and then you got to pay more taxes. <laughs> <laughs> but being well was created from this Bible. Being whole and righteous was created from this Bible. Because Jesus is a holy man. He hung on the cross of Calvary. They didn't know who he was. The Roman Empire had no idea who he was. He said, Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The scribes and Pharisees were mocking him when he was on the cross saying, oh, look at him, let me see him take himself down from there. They didn't realize that he was going to die because he was crucified. And they didn't realize on the third day he was going to get up from the tomb. Young people, let me tell you, the tomb is empty. He has risen from the tomb with all power. And nobody else is going to rise after they die. He is the only one that's got up from the tomb. And the tomb empty. And not only did he get up, he got up with all power because he was crucified. And that's what has to happen to us. We have to die. I had to die. The old baseball player, the home run, womanizer, he's dead. He's no longer live. Galatians 2.20 talks about it. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. It is Christ who rules and reigns over my life. Every day I get up, I get up to worship the Lord Jesus himself because he saved me. He saved me from my own sinful ways and my own ways of out there living and doing it any kind of way I wanted to. You know what he did? He rescued me, he redeemed me, and he restored me. He restored me to wholeness and righteousness, and no other man can restore you. Your husband can't, your wife can't, your kids can't. Only Jesus himself can restore you. And when he restores you, he restores you for himself to do his great will. It's an honor to be able to do his great will. Not being successful, not having things, but to walk and be humble. Then I must always pray. <laughs> Glory to God. Some of, you, some of you mothers need to keep praying in here because I'm telling you this great story about my mother. My mother was praying for all of us. Her kids we were all living all kind of way. I was rich, famous. And she was praying that God would save me and knock me off my throne one day and just save me and change me forever. And she wrote a journal and had it on her bed. And when she died, she'd been gone for about 20 years now. And when she died, uh, we found the journal. And there it was. She was writing in the journal about all those. Guess what? We all saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is something about mama. Telling you mothers here today, keep praying. Don't stop. My mother didn't get to see it in the natural, but she's watching in the supernatural. She's looking at me, and I know she's saying, look at him. Not me playing baseball. She wasn't crazy about my baseball career, major leagues. She was wanting me saved, wanting my brother saved, wanting my sister saved. All of us saved because of the blood of the Lamb, because of prayer. Keep praying. Prayer, prayer does not go empty with God. Just because he hasn't answered your prayer right now, he didn't say no. So keep praying. Keep praying for your family. Keep praying for your marriage. Keep praying for whatever it is that has to overcome. Then the next word in there is seek. We must seek. 
We must always seek. Stop seeking for things. Oh, God, I wish I just had a little bit more of this. Then I'll come to church. No, you won't. <laughs> you won't. If he gave you a little bit more, you wouldn't come. So just seek after the kingdom. Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things should be added into you. Seek after God himself. He is so cool when you seek after him. Because you know what happens when you seek after him? You're going to find him when you seek after him. He's not dead. He's waiting for you to find him. All you got to do is seek in and seek after. You got to turn from the wicked ways. You got to turn from the things of the world. I love my wife. She's amazing. God uses people, and I talk about that. When I was seeking after the wrong things, God brought her into my life. 14 years ago, I was $3 million in debt and didn't have a driver's license. She was pulling me out of dope houses. I was shooting dope, smoking crack. Great Daryl Strawberry, want to die. I said, why don't you just leave me here and you and God go away and let me die? She said, you're just not that lucky. <laughs> God used her to lead me. God uses people. My wife is amazing. She will encourage you. Women, go to findingyourway.com. If you have any kind of struggle, she's got all kind of videos and stuff that she put on there. She's incredible. She's powerful. I, I wish I had the gift she had. I was a little jealous of her gift because we all get a gift from God. The girl know the Bible like I don't know what. And I was watching her, and I was like, Lord, I want that. And Laura was like, well, she gets up every morning at 5.30 to come study with God. Every morning she rolls out of bed, bye, to me. And she studies God's word. I was like, God, I ain't getting up at 5.30 every morning. <laughs> but it was her discipline. That's her discipline with God. Ever since we've been together, 16 years, she's gotten up every morning with God, and she goes to be with God and studies his word. And she empowered me, and I wanted that. And God said, you have to do what she's doing. She gets up and she gets with me. So I started getting with God. I didn't start getting up at 530, but I, <laughs> but I, study, I study every night, you know, and I lay with God and I study at night when she's sleeping. And, you know, we just have our different times, but we, we love the Lord. That's how we found ourselves seeking after God. And then we had to turn. We had to turn from these ways, turn from these worldly ways. I had to turn from all this wicked stuff. I had to turn from the stuff that I thought was good. I had to turn the television off. I had to turn the cell phone off so I could hear God himself. I wanted to notice Jesus that she, were, she was following. Because she had such a joy. And she'd come downstairs every morning. She used to come downstairs every morning. And I, when I, she would already be down there. I'd come down. It's like 9 o'clock. She's already been up. I come down, she's like, hi, hon. I was like, who's she been down there with? <laughs> Little did I know she's been down there spending time with Jesus because she's been seeking after him and she knows him and I didn't know him. And I wanted that. I was so jealous of that. I was like, man, I want that. And you know what? I started doing it. Guess what? I got it. Guess what? If you do it, you'll get it. Guess what? It's free. Right here, for everybody. He gives it to everybody. When we just call upon the name of Jesus and ask him, Holy Spirit, to help me, teach me, empower me, give me wisdom, give me knowledge, give me understanding. When Jesus ascended, he said, I'm going to send you the comforter, and he's going to give you remembrance of me, of all things. 
Now you get to do great things just like Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Just imagine the Lord gives us and let us, he gives us time to have ministry. Jesus' ministry was only for three years. He gives us time to do ministry here. What a privilege it is to be able to step in and do his ministry and help and be a voice. See, and then think about all the people in the Bible, they all had issues. Moses, David put his best man Uriah on the front line. God said, but David's a man after my own heart. His best man, best friend gets killed. But God said, he's a man after my own heart. Peter denied Christ three times. Jonah I love because God sends him to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel to a city that was wicked. People acting like pagans and Gentiles like us in any kind of way. Jonah was Jewish. Jonah was like, I don't want to go to that city. Why would you save those people? So... He jumps on a boat to go the other way to Tarshish. God throws him in the belly of a fist for three days and three nights, then spin him out. He comes out. He goes there and tells him to repent. Guess what? The whole city gets saved. 600,000 was used by one man, Jonah, saved 600,000. That's what God does. Saved 600,000 people because Jonah went there and told them to repent from God. And they changed. And God saved the whole city. Jonah was mad with God and he went... He was frustrated with God, sat on the tree and wasn't happy even after that. And God had to remind Jonah that my grace, my grace is for all and will be for all. We all are under grace. His grace is for all to be saved and to be changed, to be restored, to be redeemed, to be rescued. It's only because of his grace, not because of how educated we are or what we achieve here. It's God's love and God's grace that brings a person to the greatest purpose of why you were created. And the creation is so amazing because you go, as you go on, more and more I had struggles, just like me. I had all the worldly struggles. You probably read all this. I'm, I'm, if you're old enough, you saw me in the headlines, I don't know how many times. Had all the struggles. I was just like a Saul that was killing Christians. And he was on Damascus Road going to kill some more and rest some more. God knocks him off the horse, blinds him. And he asked him one thing when he was on the ground, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say why you're persecuting the church. He says, why are you persecuting me? See, when you're talking about the church, you're talking about Jesus. And he sends him, he's blinded for three days, three nights, and a man that, he gives a man named Ananias a vision, the Lord does, to see Saul and tell him, go to Saul and pray over him, lay hands on him. I can imagine Ananias thinking, man, I'm not going to, this guy was killing Christians. Read the story. He's thinking, I'm not going to tell this guy and lay hands on him, because so, well, he was afraid of him, he would be killed, talking about coming and saying, the Lord, Lord has sent him. Ananias became a hero because he obeyed God in the vision. He goes to lay hands on Saul, Saul gets his sight back, and Saul becomes the Apostle Paul, and he goes on to write 14 epistles, and he, and he becomes the great Apostle Paul. God used a man that was broken and lost, and that was killing Christians, and transformed his life, and made him a chosen vessel. God is good. 
That's what God has done in my life. A man that was lost and broken, had it all, fame and fortune, and brought me to be a chosen vessel and bring about his gospel. I'm not educated to do this, but the Holy Spirit is. I didn't go to school for this. You don't need to go to school for this. God calls you right where you're at. Answer the call. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like Saul was to be turned into the Apostle Paul. You don't have to be like I was, a man that had everything that, but had nothing, and that was lost and broken and living in sin and rejecting the cross. And God stopped me eight years ago in my tracks when I had come back up and opened up restaurant business. God made me close them immediately. He said, let me have them for two years. And, but I know my wife had been praying that God knocked him off his throne. And she got it. He knocked me off. He called me and says, you're going to preach now. And I stood out that window in New York and Manhattan, looked out that window, and I says, I do not want to preach. <laughs> he says, you're going to preach. And the Holy Spirit's going to teach you all things. Study. And I did. I surrendered. Didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't know what was going to happen. But I surrendered. And this is what happened. This is what he gave me. He gave me him himself. You know, it doesn't, folks, it doesn't get any greater than that than getting Christ himself to rule and reign over your life, to bring you the greatest purpose of why you created. You got to trust the process. You got to come to that place of trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And he will. He will. He will. It's a process. I remember when God called me, I, he sat me in the back of the church for seven years, and he did not speak to me. Because he wanted me to get right with him. He didn't want my success. He didn't want my job. He wanted my heart. And he wanted my heart to get right with him. And when you get your heart right with him, you align yourself up for God's perfect plan. Jesus is still in the business of doing miracles in people's life. I don't care what your situation is, your circumstances, Jesus is still in the business of doing miracles in people's lives. Those who answer the call, uh, when you get rid of your ego, my ego, three-letter word was so big, my ego, easing God out. Get rid of it. Say yes, a three-letter word, Y-E-S. You enjoy salvation. It's the greatest thing you will ever give to yourself is to enjoy God's salvation. There's nothing greater than God's salvation. You can keep trying everything else and thinking it's going to work, it's going to change. It will never satisfy you. Nothing will satisfy you until you make that commitment to grab the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ and walk with him. Greatest walk one can give to himself. Greatest walk a man can ever give to himself. See, I didn't become a man until I met Jesus. I was just a baseball player, but when I met Jesus, I became a man because he taught me all things through his word. The book of John is about miracles and God is about miracles. The book of John is about believing. John 3, 3, he tells Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee teacher, leader. Nicodemus was talking about being born again. He was like, unless one is born again, he can't enter the kingdom 
of heaven. He's talking about not the first birth, that's the natural. He's talking about the supernatural birth, the second one, the spiritual birth. John 4 talks to about the woman at the well, told about her five husbands. Jesus told about her five husbands and said, the one you're living with now is not your husband. And he said, that water in that well that you will drink, you guys will continue to drink from, you will always thirst from that water. But he said, the water I give you, the living water I give you, you will never thirst again. See, I got living water. I'm not thirsty anymore. You can have that living water too. You won't be thirsty once you get this living water. John 8, they wanted to stone the woman. The Pharisees wanted to stone the woman because they called her an adultery. That's just like the world and the television and everything people saying. They want to talk about you. They want to talk about this person and that person and this person. They want to stone. They wanted to stone the woman. Jesus was so cool. He was just hanging there and he was just stooping down and stirring and in the sand. And I just imagine. He's like, he probably was like, man, these guys don't even know who I am. <laughs> and he didn't say nothing and he just kind of let them say it and then. He finally got to that place where they wanted to stone her because of the law. And he finally got to that place and said, he who was without sin cast the first stone. And I can imagine what they started thinking then. They dropped their stones and started walking away because everybody has sin. So we never need to point at people's sin because we can't heal them. Jesus is the only one who can heal them from the sin away. And the reason why he's able to heal you because... Jesus has no sin in him. He's a sinless man. He's a righteous man. He's a holy man. Then John 5, the pool of Bethesda, the man with the condition. People had condition, lame people, sick people. They would get in when the angels stirred up the pool. But this one particular man, he just sat there for 38 years. He just kept sitting there. He had a condition. He was paralyzed. Jesus never asked him about a condition because Jesus didn't have to ask him about a condition because Jesus already knows. Jesus don't ask you about yours because he already know. He didn't ask me because he already knew. He asked the man one thing, do you want to be well? The man eventually said, yes. After a few times, say yes to Jesus. Jesus told the man, pick up your bed and walk and made him well immediately. Jesus is asking you that today, do you want to be well? Today is your day. All that are watching online, all that are here in your heart, answer the call and be well with Jesus. He's telling you, pick up your bed and walk and be set free from any habit, hang-up, hurts, whatever it may be. Trust God. Trust the church. Come. Participate. Get involved in church. Church is amazing. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for piercing the hearts of the people, those that may be struggling Father, just let them know that you love them right now in the condition that they're in. May they come to know you, not the situations, but we all have problems, we all have struggles, but there's a solution. And the solution is Jesus Christ himself, your son that you sent here to save us from ourselves. Thank you for this church. Thank you for all that they do. Thank you for all that are online that has been touched, all those that have been touched here. It is not of me, it is of your spirit, Father, that you have poured out upon your people. Bless this day for them. May they move forward and continue to move forward in your will. In Jesus' great name, amen. 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 God bless you.